Hello everybody, what is going on? James Hill here and welcome back to yet another episode of the Talkin' Bucks podcast. Very happy to have you all back here for yet another episode of the Talkin' Bucks podcast. Welcome everybody. In the last episode, we reviewed some of the moves that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers made in free agency and gave a grade for each move. We talked about Tom Brady coming back to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We talked about re-signings like Ryan Jensen, Carlton Davis, Chris Godwin, and Leonard Fournette in there as well. And again, we gave grades to all of those moves that were made. In this podcast episode today, we are going to be co- be covering another set of moves that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers made, including re-signings, a couple of new faces joining the team, and even a trade that the Buccaneers made as well. So hopefully you guys all enjoy, and let's just go ahead and dive right into it. The first player that I want to talk about here when continuing the review of free agency for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is the re-signing of Buccaneers starting defensive end, Will Golston. And I gave this move a B plus. Same grade as Leonard Fournette. A one-year deal up around $5 million for Will Golston. I gave it a B plus. Why did I give it a B plus? Well, whenever you look at Will Golston, I think that it is a safe thing to say. That Will Golson is arguably one of the more underrated players on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense and possibly even the team in general. When you look at Will Golston, he's going into year 10 of his tenure with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The second longest Buccaneer on this current team besides Levante David himself. And everybody loves Levante David. Guess what? Will Golson has been here almost just as long, has survived multiple regimes time and time and time again. Every time a new coaching staff comes along, they say, hey, we like Will Golston, and he's done a lot in his career here with Tampa Bay. He's played defensive end. He's played defensive tackle. He's gone back to defensive end. Will Golston has been able to do a lot of different things, and I think that that versatility is huge for any coaching staff that gets a player like Will Golston. He has been instrumental in his run blocking ability the past couple of seasons here for the Bucks. It's always been a big calling card for Will Golston, but it's been definitely getting more highlighted with this Todd Bulls defense. Will Golston has definitely been putting himself more and more on the map as a very solid, very good run defending defensive end in the league. And whenever you think about that defensive line, whenever you think about that front seven in general, right? And how good that run defense has been for the Bucks the past couple of seasons. I know it's easy to look at guys like Levante David, like Devin White, like Shaq Barrett, like Jason Pierre-Paul when he was here, like Ndamukong Sue, and like Vita Vea, but you cannot count out a guy like Will Golston. I think the consistency with Will Golston has been one of the best attributes that he has had for his time with the Bucks. Very rarely do I see Will Golston messing up in games. 
Uh, it just seems like it has just been consistently Will Golson's going to go out there on that football field. He's going to do his job. He's going to get the job done, and that's just the way things are. And I think the Buccaneers very much appreciate that. I think more and more fans are starting to appreciate that. And that's what has led to Will Golston being on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as long as he has been. He's one of those guys that you really were happy that he got a Super Bowl ring. Right right up there with Levante David, I think Will Golston. You got to feel really happy for all of the work, all of the regimes that he has had to deal with. And he finally got a Super Bowl ring back in 2020. I think that that was huge. That was awesome for him. Uh, looking ahead, you know, hey, Will Golston might very well retire a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. He keeps on re-signing with the team. This time around, it is only a one-year deal. We don't know how much time Will Golston has left. He is, I believe, 30 years old. So, you know, he still may have a couple of years left in him. We'll see what happens uh, later on down the line. But for right now, the Buccaneers are able to get back one of their starting defense events. There's still a question mark as to what's going on with Indomitian Sioux. We'll probably cross that bridge when we come to it. Well, we can talk about that later on in a future podcast episode. But the Buccaneers were able to secure Will Goldstone on a one-year deal and bring him back into the mix, adding some more continuity and solidifying what has been a very, very good Buccaneers run defense the past couple of seasons. Now, we can finally move forward with some of the new signings that have been made, right? A couple of new people, a couple of new faces that have been brought in to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The first name I want to talk about here is a wide receiver, and I talked about this in the last podcast episode. Former Atlanta Falcons wide receiver Russell Gage has joined the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on a three-year, count it, three-year deal worth about $30 million. They're paying Russell Gage $10 million a year to presumably be a wide receiver three, wide receiver two type of hybrid position for this Buccaneers offense in this Bruce Arians system, in this Byron Leftwich system, catching passes from Tom Brady. And the story behind this is great, folks. Tom Brady himself reached out to Russell Gage saying, hey, you want to come play for Tampa? That's a tough thing to deny. I think even Gage had said something along those lines in his introductory press conference. He is now joined the Bucks after spending his entire career with the Atlanta Falcons so far up to this point. Still very young, I believe 26 years old. He's going to be with the Buccaneers for a good long while here. And I gave this move an A-. minus. I really, really like this move. Uh, I think that I could have even possibly given it an A. I'm really excited about the Russell Gage signing, right? And I know what people are going to say. Well, he's not Antonio Brown. Of course he's not Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown was a luxury for this Buccaneers offense. The man was a wide receiver one in a wide receiver three position for the Bucs. Absolute luxury. They were able to get him for nothing due to the off-the-field concerns, and that was essentially the story there. Now with Russell Gage, he's earned a good payday, $10 million a season, I think is a very good payday for a guy who came into the league as an undrafted free agent, and I think that it is a proper signing. I think that it is a deserved contract. Russell Gage, as I said, played the past few years with the Atlanta Falcons, did some really, really good stuff the past couple of years, getting over 750, even up towards a little over 800 receiving yards in certain past couple of seasons with the Falcons here with Matt Ryan at quarterback and a situation over there in Atlanta that's been going through a lot of changes 
Julio Jones isn't there anymore. Calvin Ridley was out most of the year last year. Throughout all of that turnover and with the decline of a guy like Matt Ryan, Russell Gage was able to really stand apart out of the group there on that offense and put in some really good work. He now joins a wide receiver room that consists of Mike Evans at wide receiver one and Chris Godwin at wide receiver two. As we talked about in the last podcast episode, Chris Godwin just ended up signing a big time three-year contract with the Bucks. Mike Evans, he's still under contract for the next couple of seasons. There is literally no doubt in my mind that Mike Evans is going to get extended at some point. He's going to retire a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. I'd be shocked if he didn't. And Russell Gage gets to be a part of that now for the next couple of seasons, catching passes from Tom Brady for at least one year. We don't know if Tom Brady's going to be here longer than one year, but we know that the Bucs get him at least for one more season. This offense, this passing offense, I think is about to do some amazing things. We've seen them do some great things in 2020. We saw them do some great things in 2021. I think that they're going to pick up right where they left off, slotting Russell Gage into that passing attack. I really do love Russell Gage as a player. The ability that he is able to bring both as a slot wide receiver, as an outside wide receiver, the flexibility a guy like Russell Gage gives you in this offense, I think is fantastic. And I think it's really going to help open up what this team is able to do in their passing attack. Now, do I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers should just be done adding a wide receiver? No, not necessarily. They did bring back Brashad Perriman, which by the way, if I had to give a quick grade on that, I'd probably give it a B, B plus, something along those lines, because I'm a big Brashad Perriman guy. I think he's a fantastic depth receiver. He's a guy who you could possibly slot in there as that fourth wide receiver, just adding more weapons to that passing attack. Um, so I think it's great depth. I think it's good for the overall ability of this offense. I do think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers could still continue to add to this wide receiver room, especially after what we saw last year with Tyler Johnson, Scotty Miller, Jalen Darden, a lot of those guys not necessarily being able to step up to the plate when they needed to. Cyril Grayson was a very good surprise last year that I think shocked a lot of people in terms of wide receiver depth. But now you have Russell Gage there who... Just in case if you need this guy to step up as a number two wide receiver, you can feel confident that he can do that if you need him to. Knock on wood, nothing happens to guys like Mike Evans or Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin's still recovering from a torn ACL, by the way. Uh, you can have Gage go in there, be that number two if you need him to, and just provide some really, really good ability. So I think that all around this is a great move. Gage is going to be a great starter. Gage is going to be good depth. And I think that this just continues to solidify what has been a fantastic Buccaneers wide receiver room for so, so many years now. We just get even more continuity with that. Also, with the addition of Brashad Perriman in there as well, I think helps out a lot just to throw that one in there real quick. The second to last name I want to talk about here in this podcast episode, folks, is a name I'm sure any Patriots fans watching this podcast will remember. That is former New England Patriots, former Tennessee Titans, uh, and former New York Giants defensive back Logan Ryan, who is signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on a one-year deal. I give it a B plus. You know, and I know what people might say at this point is, James, you're being biased. What the heck are you talking about? Logan Ryan, he wasn't good with the New York Giants. I 
disagree with that opinion. I think Logan Ryan was actually one of the more bright spots in that giant secondary, which was overall not great. I understand that. But I think that Logan Ryan is still a very solid, very capable defender who can get the job done and be a starting quality defensive back when you need him to. Obviously, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they lost Jordan Whitehead in free agency. Not great. I know a lot of people were upset about that. Apparently, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers didn't even offer Jordan Whitehead a contract, which is, in my opinion, uh, surprising. But they were able to get Logan Ryan here. I think that Logan Ryan, while he won't give you everything that Jordan Whitehead gives you in terms of you know, big time hits and things along those lines. I think that Logan Ryan still gives you very quality tackling ability and very good run stopping ability as well. Again, don't know if it's as good as what Jordan Whitehead was giving you, but I think it is definitely comparable. And I think that Logan Ryan could very well slot into one of those starting safety positions. Ryan was a cornerback with the New England Patriots. He was a cornerback with the Tennessee Titans, and then he decided that he wanted to start playing safety later on in his career rather than playing cornerback. So now he is doing that now. That's what his role would be with the Bucks. And one thing I saw on social media from a couple of people talking about Todd Bowles is Todd Bowles is essentially a safety whisperer. If Bruce Arians is the quarterback whisperer, Todd Bowles is the safety whisperer. Every single safety that Todd Bowles has ever worked with, he's been able to get fantastic play out of. And I agree with that 100%. Todd Bowles has worked with a lot of good safeties in the past. Marcus May, Tyron Matthew, Jamal Adams. The list goes on and on of all these fantastic safeties that Todd Bowles has coached up, even with the Bucs. Mike Edwards has been fantastic in a limited role with the Bucs. Antoine Winfield Jr. has been doing really, really good work. Jordan Whitehead, before he left in free agency, was doing good work. Even a guy like Andrew Adams, who unfortunately seems like he won't be coming back to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, was able to put in some really good work in a rotational type of capacity and do a good job. Todd Bowles knows how to coach safeties, and I think that that was something that added to the appeal for Logan Ryan to join the Bucs. Also, you know, playing with Tom Brady as long as he did, that's not surprising. We all already know that but i think also logan ryan playing with a coach like todd bowles who is so good at getting the best value he can get out of the safety position i think was also very important for logan ryan in his free agency decision you look at the versatility with logan ryan it's great right that's part of the reason i gave it a b plus i think logan ryan's not only going to be a starting safety but slot cornerback i don't think that is a stretch to say I see Logan Ryan playing a very similar role to what possibly Tyron Matthew played back whenever he was with the Arizona Cardinals, whenever Todd Bowles was there and Bruce Arians was there. You had Tyron Matthew playing safety, you had him playing slot corner, you had him playing outside corner, you had him doing all these different types of things. Then you could put Logan Ryan right into that mix of a similar role there, and I think that Logan Ryan would excel in that role, in that capacity, because you know, he's played both those positions at length now. He's been a safety for a couple of years. He spent most of his career as a cornerback. He can do these things and do them well at an NFL level. We all know this. Logan Ryan actually intercepted Tom Brady's last pass as a New England Patriot to beat them in the playoffs when Logan Ryan was with the Tennessee Titans. He's got good ball skill abilities, ball hawking abilities, I guess if you should say, and 
overall, I think that this was a solid, solid signing for this secondary. Adds a veteran leader in there as well. Logan Ryan's been a team captain for multiple teams. He was a team captain for the Giants. He was a team captain for the Titans. He was a team captain for the Patriots. You know, he, he does so many good things on and off the field in terms of doing his job but also helping out other people when they need it and i think that this is honestly going to be one of the more low-key signings of this offseason that i don't think a lot of people are going to be thinking about but will pay very good dividends for the buccaneers come this upcoming season it's a shame it's only a one-year deal but you know logan ryan is getting on there in years a little bit and uh, is kind of winding down in terms of his career so uh you know we'll see hopefully he can get a ring here in tampa bay and uh, I think he's going to be a very productive player and a very productive leader for this Buccaneers secondary. Finally, folks, the last move I want to talk about in this podcast episode today is whew, arguably one of the biggest moves that the Bucks made. I know I gave Tom Brady coming back an A+. Of course, that is the number one move that was made this offseason. Hands down, no question about it. Chris Godwin, that's an A+, as well right? Those are the only two moves I'd given an A plus to so far up to this point until right now. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers acquired right guard Shaq Mason from the New England Patriots for a fifth round draft pick in this upcoming NFL draft. Folks, that's an A plus move. That is an A plus move up and down, no matter how you slice it, no matter which way you look at it, that's an A plus move. Let me tell you why. Shaq Mason right now is one of the best guards in football. A lot of people love Ali Marpet. I love Ali Marpet. He was also one of the best guards in football. Shaq Mason is just as good, if not better, than what Ali Marpet was. And that's not a knock on Ali Marpet. They're both top class. It's just a point to show that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers just got one of the best offensive linemen in the league for a fifth round draft pick, who Shaq Mason, by the way, still has two years left on his deal, is making a little over $8 million per year on that contract. Insane. I don't know what Shaq Mason's future is going to hold with the Buccaneers. Maybe after these two seasons, he likes it enough to sign a long-term deal with the team. We don't know. We'll have to wait and see. But this is one of those moves as well. You know, bringing in a former Patriot, trading for a Patriot that Tom Brady has played with many, many years. This isn't a, oh, Tampa Bay Patriots type move. I know people like to say that and, and kind of make fun of the Bucks like that. That's what I don't see this as. This is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking advantage of, you know, a very, very, very good deal that they got from the New England Patriots and finding a replacement for Ali Marpet. Shaq Mason, he plays right guard. Ali Marpet played left guard. So it's not going to be a one-to-one -one replacement, just automatically slot him in. And, it, oh, you know, they, they play on different sides of the offensive line, which, you know, is a factor. But this is a big replacement for Alex Kappa as well, who the Buccaneers lost in free agency to the Cincinnati Bengals on a four-year deal. So Shaq Mason's a huge, huge upgrade from Alex Kappa. Alex Kappa is a great, great guard but Shaq Mason is again one of the top guards in the league and you got him for a fifth round draft pick that is insane I really hope that this is a move that is 
a long-term thing, right? I want to see Shaq Mason with the Buccaneers for the, you know, possibly the remainder of his career. Why not? You know, he's going to be making a ton of money, but he's deserved it. And you got him for two more years on a very, very, very affordable contract. Why not try and keep him long-term if you can, even after Tom Brady's done here with the Bucks? Like this, this is one of the, again, this is top three in terms of the moves that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers made solidifying the offensive line that's an understatement your starting offensive line now consists of donovan smith left tackle we don't know what's going on at left guard right now you do have aaron stinney who could potentially battle for that left guard spot but also there's a possibility the buccaneers could draft somebody in the first round of this upcoming nfl draft they may still sign somebody in free agency we don't know yet but you have ryan jensen at center shaq mason at right guard in Tristan Wirfs at right tackle. That right side of the offensive line is insane. Try getting past the right side of the Bucks' offensive line. It's going to be a very, very difficult process now that Shaq Mason's there. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. This is one of the moves I was most excited about when it was done here by the Bucks, And it's an easy A-plus for me. Because you've got one of the best offensive linemen in the league for a fifth-round draft pick. Even national media, people on social media who, call, you know, and Bill Belichick is a genius. Don't get me wrong. He is. But even the national media and even people on social media were saying, what the heck were the Patriots thinking here? Oh my goodness. And you know what it reminds me of? Back whenever Jason Light was first the general manager of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you know what he did? He traded for Logan Mankins, which only lasted a couple of years, but only gave up, I believe, a fourth-round draft pick and Tim Wright, tight end at the time, to get the services of Logan Mankins. Jason Light does it again, using those connections with the Patriots. Apparently, the Patriots didn't want Shaq Mason. have no idea as to why, but now he's with the Bucks. I think that right side of the offensive line is going to be so, so, so solidified here. Could you argue that the right side of the Buccaneers' offensive line, including Ryan Jensen in there as well, is that the best right side offensive line in the entire NFL? I, I think that that is a fair, fair thing to say. So I'm excited for that. It's going to help out Tom Brady. It's going to help out Leonard Fournette, who just signed a long-term deal. It's going to do nothing but help the team out in terms of pass blocking, in terms of run blocking. Shaq Mason's one of the best in the business. He's now a Tampa Bay Buccaneer for essentially nothing. And it feels oh so good. And you got him for two more years on a very, very affordable contract. I hope that after this season, the Buccaneers extend Shaq Mason for a couple of years. I want this guy to retire a buck. Because he's that good. Keep him around as long as you can. Him, Tristan Wirfs, Ryan Jensen. Sign me up, man. Donovan Smith, you know. He still does his thing. We don't know what's going on with left guard yet. But if you have those three guys. Mason, Jensen, and Wirfs. Those three guys alone. I think you're in a pretty good spot. So that's it, folks. That's all the big moves that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have made so far to this point. There's some other signings. Fred Johnson, Buccaneers signed him from the Cincinnati Bengals. Josh Wells, they re-signed him. For anybody who knows me on social media, you know my thoughts on that. 
talked about Brashad Perriman. You know, really like that re-signing, by the way. That's great for the Buccaneers wide receiver core. I think that Brashad Perriman could be a fourth wide receiver. But aside from that, that's been the main moves that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have made. Rob Gronkowski's still out there. We'll see what happens with that. Seems like he's on the fence as to whether or not he will or will not play for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming up here. But there's still plenty of moves to be made here for the Bucs this offseason. Maybe we'll have to do another one of these in the next couple of weeks. Because, we, we you know, the Bucs are always making moves, man. They're always making moves. They're still in a win-now mode. Gronk's still going to be coming back. We still got a lot of stuff to cover as well that I've been missing out on in terms of headlines. A lot of crazy stuff out there. But I'm very excited. Very happy to get this podcast episode out for you guys today. Hopefully you guys are excited as well. Let me know your thoughts. What do you think about all of these free agency grades that we talked about? Do you agree with my grades? Would you grade them, would you grade them lower? Would you grade them higher? Give me your thoughts. I'd love to hear them. Thank you guys so much for watch, for uh, listening to this podcast episode. It is greatly, greatly appreciated. I will talk to you guys in the next episode, which should be up in the next day or two, because we still have a lot of more Buccaneers news, headlines, rumors, all to talk about. So thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you guys all enjoyed. Talk to you guys soon. But until then, and as always, guys, goodbye for now, and go Bucks.